everybody this is dr e the life savvy queen and this episode is going to be part two of part one a discussion concerning suicide so it's a discussion about suicide this is part two of part one so if you hadn't got an opportunity to listen to part one please do so because that'll make part two a whole lot easier to listen to anyway if you are having issues at this time you're saying dr e i am not in the best place i'm going to ask for you to turn this off and come back to it if you're saying no dr e I'm really not at a good place. I'm going to say go to the nearest emergency room or, or call 911. Either way, get somewhere where you can get the assistance you need if you're having thoughts of suicide or thoughts of harm someone else. During part one, Alex told her story about growing up in an abusive home and how she dealt with depression at a young age. In addition to that, we concluded with the mini suicide attempt. Hopefully in part two, you'll get a chance to learn more about Alex's story and her journey. Not only where she used to be, but where she is now. And also get a chance to hear her recommendations to each of you. So I invite you at this moment to sit back and listen to Alex's story. So here we go. A discussion on suicide, part two. So let me ask you about you still being here. You made those attempts on your life, right? Yeah. And you're still here. How was it to have made those attempts several times and realized I'll be doggone, I'm still here? Bruh. I wrote letters and told people I, I was done. And when you have written a suicide note and told people that you were done with your life and then you get up the next time. <laughs> it's um you know you have to face you have to face that and just stop telling people but I think that also in my writing those notes it was my own attempt to just throw something back like all I needed from you was to love me and you didn't that's all I was asking you mm -hmm. you know it's really it was a cry for help and I want to say many of those attempts when I got back oh well you know it was my mom well you're still here come on let's go mm. and it wasn't um it was no conversation conversation about it. There wasn't any acknowledgement of what was really, you know, deeply troubling me. It was, all right, let's go. I got to go. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I could see in her face that she was sad. She didn't, you know, she was battling her own stuff. You know, she was still trying to keep my brother alive, and, you know, his seizure disorder and keep herself safe from my dad. So I really was the last of her worries. She was trying to survive herself, but a different type of survivor. Yeah. Anyway, it's amazing how a person can go through something. They be going through their own thing and don't realize how they're impacting someone else. It's always nice to be as kind as you can, no matter what a person do to you, because you don't want to be the person that uh, hindered their life. Right. But it's sad because people don't think about that anymore. You know, I've seen people go through all type of things with people. And even, you know, people don't even understand the sacrifices that the individual made or what they put the, the person through or how they hurt them. And then that person come back and they say, you know what, though? that's all right that's all right that they did me that way and they take the hit i see children do that i see children do that with parents that's my mama though that's my daddy though even though they have been through a lot of turmoil with them i see that yeah. in relationships and marriages that's all right he he all right that's all right i'm a you know that's all right he did me like that and that's what i'm saying before it's like to, the kind people to me end up being the one that bear it all and somewhere in there it's a two-part somewhere in there i think it's unfair but at the same token i think that you know, we have to recognize the blessings that come that may not be from those people 
who harmed us. It come from the Lord, life itself. You know, it just, it manifests in other ways. So there's a suffering that takes place in all mm-hmm. kinds of ways on one end. But then on the other side, you look at your life and, and you say, you know what? I'm still here. Social media, everybody pretending. Everybody want to be grandioso, sitting on hound hog. It just trips me out. But do that really, is that really enough for your spirit and your soul? Is that really enough? And it sit there and it makes other people feel bad. And I have seen people have to disconnect because they feel bad, which is unfair because somebody, they feeling bad over lies half of the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to tell you as Dr. E that living is breathing in and out. Living is breathing in and out. Anytime you can say, especially if you're someone that has thought about suicide or have attempted suicide, living is just when you can say, oh my God, I'm still here taking in this breath. That's yeah. living. And we can't allow other people to fool us or to change us in any way. You understand what I'm saying? Having us looking at things that really don't matter. Now, I got to ask you this because you talked about the suicide note. I want to know people go, they commit suicide. And so for some people, they want them to, you know, this is what I needed from you. Like you said, the letter. this is what yeah. I needed from you. To people who may or may not care. If you didn't feel like they cared when you was here, it's like they may or may not, they may not care. But what about those people who really did love you or really did care about you or would have wanted you here? Because see, they left behind too. And, and sometimes I think people who do make attempts on their life don't understand how that impacts. So on the podcast, we mentioned in a positive way when me and Pastor Little was talking about how a person's life after they death itself, the life impacts the person and the death impacts the person, right? And we were talking about it in that podcast in a positive way, but realistically, it can happen in a, in, it can happen in a negative way as well because somebody is left feeling guilty, wishing they could have done something. So what would you say to those people? Because see, you addressing those folks that you pleading to love you. What would you say to those people who, who did love you but still suffered the loss of you? I had a, I had a chance to do that. Uh, the people, the folks that found out, you know, that I had, you know, been in the hospital, you know, when I was 30 something and, and that because of, you know, my attempt, they, you know, especially my uncle and, you know, my cousins, they found out and they're like, you know, I just, I'm sad because I didn't know. I didn't know that you were in such great turmoil in your life. And I, I felt sad for them because their vision was blocked because Mm. they could see the things that were going on in my household and to think that I was just going to come out scot-free from that and just be like, (laughs) Mm. just shiny and great. Yeah. How do you, how do you come from a house of chaos and, and know the kind of person that, you know, I don't know. I think people just wear blinders. Well, well, I got to ask about that because you're saying for them to think that they see what was going on in your household and think that, you know, in Dr. E.I.'s, you did come out shiny and great. You know, that's how you came out shiny and great, right? I guess I want to know, you said they had blocked vision. And I'm trying to understand, what do you mean by blocked vision? Uh, There were moments where my mom had visible bruises and they would question things. And, you know, she would say that she was in car accidents or this, that, or whatever have you. And they were so often. We were just an odd family. I mean, we looked picturesque on the outside. But we were still an odd, like we didn't go anywhere. We didn't do anything. And we were isolated from a lot of people because that's the kind of power he had on us. But of course, my situation is different. I would say for other people, I I think that you just have to be in communication with people, be in communication with people that matter to you. And if they're quiet or if there's, you know, where's so-and-so? I haven't heard from them in a long time. Mm -hmm. Well, there's your sign. Yeah, there's something maybe going on. And that is so true. That is so, so true. And people have always And we don't. I'm guilty of it too. (laughs) 
yeah. I haven't seen so-and-so in a long time, but I do I re- pick up the phone and check on her text call? Probably not. Yes. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of messed up. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it happens. Mm-hmm. Or either people too busy for you. Yeah. It's a trip. But I have to say something about that because a lot of times people who do make an attempt, they make an attempt to end their life, but they also be the made an attempt to reach out and the person don't even realize there's a reach. Yeah. I was, I would mask it for the folks that would reach out. I would, I'm good. How's everything going? Boop, boop, boop. You know, because if I really showed you what I was really dealing with, would you be, would you care or would it be too much for you? Or how do you just come across and say, I'm really thinking about suicide? You should say it. No one can help you if they don't know. Now, who you say it to, that's going to be a different ball game, right? That's a different story. But, but it's somebody that, you know, you should be able to say it to. And I, I tell people say it to more than one person because, you know, you never know where that person is in their life. So you have to try to say it to more than one person and hope somebody hears you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is. But the biggest thing is trying to find ways to take care of yourself and get yourself in the midst of people who will tend to you. That's why I say, you know, okay, call the suicide hotline, you know, go to the nearest emergency room, whatever you need I'm, to do. I'm proud of the suicide hotline now, but before I can't say that it was good to it would be a better preventatory tool if it was in an app way where they it was almost like twitter well you now you can eat you can text the suicide hotline now that you can't text and now I mean, you can yeah, now yeah you i'm can. like you can it's all but, you know it's all a whole you know, lot of ways to get your services now to get some but before get some but it wasn't always where we are now i think we have a different take on mental health now i think we still have a little bit of a ways to go but so two things that's on my mind i guess one of the things that's on my mind is your father because you know we all have someone who impacts our life quite a bit. It's always someone that just, ah, they just have, you know, they impact your life. Thinking about your father, I, you know, one part of me wants to say, okay, how are you feeling about him today? Because, you know, when you were 12 years old, when you were 30 years old, now you said I'm 50 years old. I'm like, how do you feel about him today? I mean, I mean, it was a struggle. It's still a struggle. You know, Doc. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was so in real talk, he, he passed away in August of last year. And what was interesting is that um, he had not gotten over his anger. He hadn't gotten over it. You know, when you're old, and I mean, oh, y'all, I mean, you're just too old to be angry. Mm. Your toenails is already gone. Your toenails <laughs> is already in heaven or wherever destination <laughs> you're going. Your toenails is already on the way there. It, the rest of you is going to catch up. So why do you have to be in an ugly state of mind? Cold. And it's a cold, cold world out here. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that I, you know, he broke my heart all the way up into his death. It's cold, cold world. It's a cold, cold world. He was rejecting me even in his will. (laughs) So, you know, and I think that that was really, really, really hurtful. I actually flew down there to be with him and he didn't want to see me, y'all. He didn't want to see me. And I, and when I tell you that all that little girl, that little Alex came back, she was here, she was live and she felt that rejection like it was yesterday the suicidal thoughts came in they visited for a little bit and then but thankfully i have a good therapist and it's sad that you know people can not give you closure all the way to the end like i think that is the most messed up thing okay did you love him you said you know all the way to the end he was rejecting you did you love the man he was your daddy did you love him i did yeah Mm -hmm. i did Mm -hmm. even after even after all that he put you through i think that there were things that i that i have gathered in my mind's eye that I that I love him for I love him for being a great provider because we you know we didn't really want for much 
much. We didn't, we didn't struggle. He was very intelligent. And in, from him, I derived my own level of education. And, and so, you know, I think that has been a blessing to me. I've learned to be a better parent and I still, I'm not great at it. I'm still, you know, I'm still bump my head every now and then, but, right. um, but I am a different parent than he was to me. Yeah. So he, so really he contributed to your life in some fashion, even if he didn't mean to, because you learned from the things that you, you've been through yeah. with him. And then, like you said, you gleam something from him in, too, because uh, the way you move for as how you do business and things of that nature. So some of the traits that you yeah. took from him, right? Yeah. So, so even if he thought he gave you nothing, he gave you, he gave you something. And that's exactly right. Yeah. You know, so I am going to get ready to ask you a question because this is going to be for all of my therapists out there. We mm -hmm. need to know. The healthcare professionals are out here trying to figure out how we are going to help. That's what we do. We want to serve. And it's like, what can we do better? How can we help? I don't know, Doc. I feel like you're different. A lot of the therapists, you know, they wear the hats and they ask all, all the therapist questions, and but they, they're not plugged in. They're not really dialed in. If they're just wearing, you know, they're just wearing the hat. I don't know that I've ever really experienced that real personal, I really give shit. Sorry, y'all. It is what it is. But I mean, I think that that's what it has to be. I think that you have to be really 10 toes down for your patients and, and really care about them and care about their their healing. And I haven't really, I can't say that I've experienced that mm. until now. Mm. You know, and the one thing, anybody that comes see me and I don't, I don't care who what, I want y'all to know that I care about y'all. And if you don't come see me, I care about you. And regardless of what, even if you're my enemy, mm. I help you the best that I can. I do whatever I can for you. You are beautiful people. But each one of you teach me something. You you have to grow me as well. I don't care what therapist it is, you know, because it's all it's always easy to read a book and regurgitate what you've read. But when we get a chance to work with each one of you, you know, we invested in you guys, but you guys are also investing in us. So and I know there's a lot of people that listen to me, which I'm grateful for. I'm like, oh my God. I, but if you come see me, they ride with me. And I love that. I love the support. I have to tell you guys, thank you. Thank you so, 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 so much because I cannot be me without you guys. I really couldn't. So I better let Dr. E encourage these dreams. <laughs> we therapists can do some encouraging, but somebody that's been there, what would you say? A lot of them saying, how, how am I thinking like this? Why am I thinking like this? They thinking like, it can't be me. Oh, they're embarrassed to admit it. I'm all right. I mean, so there's so many people you can speak to, the, the single parents that, you know, can't pay this bill or they dealing with kids that don't appreciate them or, you know, or just having issues and, and those are, they want to just check out or, you know, the people that are just feeling overwhelmed on the job. If they thought about it, I'm glad you didn't. And then I'm glad you didn't proceed. If you have attempted, I'm glad you're still here. For those um, that are easily affected by the things that are going on around them, like it's just when, for those of people that are just, they're reaching that place of everything's just too much. It's all just too much. Just, just stop. Whatever you need to do, just get to the place where you can hear your own breath. Go outside. There was a there was a point in my life where everything was too much, and I was in I was in such a state where I really couldn't feel or hear anything because I was consumed by my emotions and that 
really that real heaviness that was really trying to take me out of here. But one day I went for a walk, the vitamin D, but I think really it was God. I was finally able to feel the wind on my face. And it was a moment where God was communicating with me. And that moment where I wasn't able to feel anything. I was just so consumed. I was so consumed. I was so tired, but I just said, I'm going to go for a walk because I had so much angst. I knew I needed to get it out. That walk saved my life because I connected with God in that moment. He wasn't, you know, it wasn't audible. It was his, it was his hug. It was his hug. And I think that do what you need to do to escape that reality that you're live that you're in at that moment so that you can reconnect. Absolutely. I love that. I was telling someone that today. I said, you know, you got to be careful about all the clutter that's in the brain, all those negative thoughts that come because we have to be where we can hear him. So somewhere along the way, you got to listen for his voice. Listen for that voice of hope in there because that is that's that's what's going to pull you through. Do you have questions for me? <sighs> Ooh, I'm then somebody put Dr. A on spot, but go ahead. <laughs> Here's a question. Does it ever scare you when you encounter a, a person like me that has that you can see that they're on the brink? Um, I'm always concerned about that. That's the reason why when someone try to make contact with, with me, I try my best to make contact back, whether I'm in the office or not, because there's a lot of people who I see that's always on the verge of, you know, falling into the black hole, as I say, feeling like they just able to hold on. And I think any therapist, any therapist that really care about their clients, yeah, we don't want to see anything happen to any of you. So I'm always concerned. One of the things I mentioned I tell you, I'm not your friend when it comes to you needing help. If it gets to a point where I have to admit someone to the hospital, I'd rather for you to be here. That means more to me than anything. Even if you don't like me, I don't care as long as I know you're all right. So yeah, I'm always concerned. Absolutely. I don't want to lose anybody. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I wanted y'all to know. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you something. I mean, like I said, sometimes, you know, I feel like everybody do that reach. And the one thing I don't want to do is I don't want to miss that reach and 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 don't get me wrong you know and because I, I don't want to make it hard for no, those people who who the people reach out to because you know you only can do what you can do because I mean we human right I remember a time that um somebody just kind of laid on my spirit please forgive me but you guys that hang with me you know y'all know I got all kind of sides to me and this one I'm right but somebody laid on my spirit I hadn't spoken to them in years years and I called her I called her and we we talked and I I got a chance to tell her what she did for me in my life difference that she made and I thought it was the weirdest thing because I hadn't talked to her years but something put her on my mind to make the call I I, don't, I can't explain it and I did and we spoke and she told me thank you for letting her know the difference that she made in my life and some days had passed and I was walking across a parking lot and in the midst of the walk something said call her and I was like okay yeah I'm gonna get up there I'm gonna call her and I'm gonna do you know you know and I mean, she wasn't she wasn't a client of mine she was just somebody that, that that actually went to church with me but I I thought I'm gonna get with I'm like okay all right but you know it was at the most oddest time for for me to do that reach you know but I'm, I'm gonna get to do that reach mm-hmm. and I didn't get a chance to do that reach I didn't get a chance to do that reach I didn't get 
can change the reach. I, I, between there and there, the reach didn't happen. And and don't mm. get me wrong, don't get me wrong. She she didn't reach for me, but the fact that she dropped on my spirit to call her. So I didn't know. I I remember going to church and I went to church and I asked for her. I'm looking for her because I had came in town looking went to the church and I was looking for her. And one of her friends who knew who I was as well at the church pulled me outside and told me that she had committed suicide. And I was devastated because when you looked at her, that, and that's why I said people got to be careful. You know, mm -hmm. she was a very professional woman. She was a spiritual woman. She moving in the church all kind of ways. You you just, and it is it would have been easy for someone to miss. So I was hurt. I was hurt. And the only thing I could think about, which, which may not have been the moment. I don't know. But I thought about, man, maybe she needed that second call. So doctor, he missed it sometimes. We, and I have to say that to those people who have lost somebody whom they love, who committed suicide, that whatever it's meant to be, unfortunately, it's like you don't hold yourself accountable. Like, don't don't beat yourself up in off of what you feel like you should have, would have, could have done. Because I, I, I don't, to this day, she just laid on my spirit. But the one thing I had to go back to was the positive. Out of all those years, I got a chance to call her and I got a chance to tell her what she did for my life and what she meant. And I had to hold on to that. I had to hold on to the fact that when she left here, and that's what I tell a lot of people to do. You have to hold on to the fact that if the person whom you cared about and love, if they if they end up leaving here, you understand what I'm saying? You want to mm -hmm. make things right because if they leave here, you want to know that you you did right and that you made things right with them. You want to know that that's for you. So I would felt comfort in knowing that my last words to her was letting her know. I said, if I didn't get, I, I got a chance to tell her something good before she left here. She ended she ended with me on a good note, and I had to hold on to that. That's why that go back to the kindness because you never know. There's things that you just can't take back. That's why we gotta be careful about what we say to people yeah. you know and you things of that nature how something. you do stuff to people because there's some things you just can't that's right you can't unsay it you can't undo you know you have to it is what it is that's why you know when people are angry and in the heat of the moment you say stuff and you take a breath and you're like oh my bad I didn't mean to. you can't go back can't press rewind so I really try when I'm upset with it with people because I don't want don't want to be my dad I don't want to be the person that impacts somebody so much that what if there's something that I say that that's that's the last time I say it so I really try to take a beat when I'm upset with somebody and I don't say anything and they get mad we they get mad but you got to be mad because I need to process some things first that's because I don't want to I don't want to say something that I can't take back interesting it's there you want to say some stuff you're like you want to say some stuff I have a whole pocket full of stuff I have a whole pocket of stuff but I'm not going to say it because I can't take that back I, I you know what I I, I kind of agree and disagree on it though here's my thing I love what you're saying in that because you're right you can't take it back and you have to be careful what you say but sometimes even in the midst of that argument that you feel like you have it can bring closure because you get a chance to say a whole lot of things you need to say mm. you understand what I'm saying like, so, yeah, so I, I think that you know I I get it too because like I don't want to say the wrong thing but I don't know have you ever seen two people that in they start off arguing to the point where they cry and they end up hugging because they got a chance to have that release of getting things out so it, it just depends on what where what place that's coming from because if it's if it's strictly anger you know it's like in you know how we therapy the whole secondary emotion no, it's just it, it depends on what's the underlying emotion behind that because if it's hurt that's different the conversation gets started no matter how it gets started at some point you get a chance to if the person has been authentic you get a chance to hear the hurt and that way you can get to a point of healing oh 
So it just depends. Learn something because I don't. I, I I need to learn the difference in my future relationship. You know, because with my girlfriends and stuff, you know, I think that we teeter on stuff and we can be authentic with one another without being hurtful. Because I guess I don't really have those kind of friends where we just go. They know you use raggedy for that. <laughs> straight know. up, like straight up, like you um, know, blah blah blah. Yeah, you gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> but I just haven't had the type of love relationships or man woman relationships where I can say, you know, have those arguments and then figure out if it's anger or it's hurt or a combination of both. So I have to, we'll have to do part two on that. So I yeah, yeah. Look, well, 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 and a couple of things that come out. I did on my blog, I said, don't let love turn into hate. Practice mm-hmm. forgiveness. Because you know how they say there's a thin line between love and hate. Like, don't let it turn into hate because of, of things that have happened you got to forgive right you, you guess brought that up because that was the way that i was able to have peace with my dad mm. i forgave him yeah you got to forgive people you really I it's hard it was hard I gave my i forgave my mother too because you know in her protecting herself you know she was not available to me and so i had anger about that too mm-hmm. But I forgave her. And um, but forgiveness isn't a one-time thing. No, oh, you better believe it. It's not. You have to keep forgiving. It's it's rough. But you just have to make sure you forgive. But then that goes back to no matter what, the best you can. You don't want to end on a sour note because you never know if that's your last word to that person. That's why I tell people, that make part. sure you never know. You just really never know. Whether whether they walk out the door and get in an accident, whether they, you got to make sure you have some type of closure because you, you assume they're going to be there tomorrow. Because, yeah. and then like, you said you don't know how they take things so you know what if what if they do decide to take so i was like i said i was glad i got a chance to say something to her because yeah, those are my last beautiful. words those are my last I, words i think well, i can piggyback off of that and the fact that i went back home to make sure that i was there for my dad when he was ill and you know he didn't see me but then you know about a month later he died probably i wasn't there you know i was there for a week he didn't see me so he got to sit on that for about a month before the the lord took him out of here so i don't know how he processed we didn't communicate but he knew that i was there and i brought his grandchild that he never met I think that was, you know, I think that was bombing. Yeah, I, I really do. I'm just gonna tell you, you know how I am. I think that's bomb. I think there's, I think it's good on your end because you got a chance to get closure because you got a chance to say what you you need to say to somebody. So you got some closure. Let me say, you know, you did your part. But I think it's bombing for that person and and it, it, for him to hold the grudge, right? And he the one right. that did the damage. Like it, it's a trip to me. I was like, oh y'all, that's how most people are. You they hit you, you hit them back, and then they look at you funny and be like, oh you hit me, you hit me, and you yeah. be thinking like. Okay, let, okay, let's get the list out and then let's 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 right. let's sit around here and let's see. But but the unfortunate part about that situation is he didn't get a chance to make it right. You you yeah. did, you got the attempt, you did, you showed him who you were, but he didn't get a chance to show you who and so it gives a whole new meaning to do you really get to rest in peace? Mm, mm, I know I want to mm, rest in somebody's peace. Know. And then, you know, and for, and I think that that's also a question for those of you that are questioning suicide. Will you, if you were to proceed, would you rest in peace? Mm. Where do you go from here? And then where do you think a person should try to focus from here? Like where, where do you go from here? Because people need to know now what's next. I did go to church and I did um, some classes at church. I had started the process because I knew that I was broken. It's not that I didn't know. I just didn't know what to do. And I was angry with God. So, you know, I was just like, I didn't tell you 
when I was this moment. And I didn't recognize that it was that my daughter was my gift, you know, because when I was praying for love, I was praying for that whole rescue me type love. Mm. I wasn't praying for raise me type love. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that was the greatest distraction. So considering the fact that Mother's Day is about to come up, I figured that that was a good place to end that particular podcast you know mothers I want you to know that you play an important role in your child's life they're paying attention to you and the things that you do my ladies with our babies don't worry about it you are just as special as anybody else you still have value whether you have a child or not and it's important for you to know that okay and besides you never know your day may come and if you can't have children that's okay too maybe there's something else out here in this world that you're supposed to birth it may not necessarily be a child but it might be a lifestyle it might be just being a blessing to somebody else you don't know but it's something else out here for you to do the reason why you don't have that glue just be kind to yourself and be kind to other people you have to care about you don't look for somebody else too because you may never get the attention the respect or the care that you need from them so it's up to you speak up for yourself if you figure that you're not in a good place I want you to speak up and say something tell people what it is that you're needing from them you know look in the mirror and tell yourself what you need from your own self because again I need for you to be taking care of yourself the best you can the one thing the one huge thing that I want you to know is that suicide is never the answer I'm I'm saying we never know what tomorrow will bring think about it if you you decided to hurt yourself on Monday and things was going to change on Tuesday, you'll miss out on that. So you have to keep going because you never know when the change is right around the corner. This is Dr. E, the Life Savvy Queen. Thank you for tuning in. I'm out. On the scene, you to live your dream. The Life Savvy Queen. Visit EncouragingYourDreams.com to learn more about Dr. Eastland or to contact her. We welcome you to download, play, and share this podcast with others for personal use. Any commercial redistribution or reproduction of part or all contents in any form is prohibited without our express written permission.